0: Welcome to the Metro Church podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au.
1: Hi Church, how are you? Great to see you this morning. So good. Well, I think... You know, life's been a little nuts at the moment, and but when Pastor Jeff says, "Would you share on faith for families?" I think that's my heart. That's what I. That's what I love the most, and that's what I'm at the coalface face of and in this place. There are grandparents who've done this and who've raised amazing children who love the Lord still today, or maybe they're, you know, not quite walking with the Lord right now. But the faith seed that you have placed in them will come back to life, and we just. It's just incredible being in this community of faith. And so let's get started. I did pray, hey. I thank you, God, for this amazing church family. And I thank you for their hearts. I thank you that they they came to church ready and with a heart that wants to serve you and love you and learn. And I pray that you will bless their families abundantly, whatever stage of life they're in, whether they're married, whether they're single, whether they have small children, whether their children are all grown up, whether they're, what, if they're caring for um, ageing parents who are having a hard time at the moment, whatever phase that anyone in this church is going through, we pray that this word would touch their lives today and ignite faith and hope and love in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so faith. So uh, we've heard some incredible messages last week was an amazing message on faith by Pastor Jeff on the giants and killing the giants. Wow. Was it not amazing? It was so good. Absolutely loved it. Just so incredible. So following on from that today, I'm at the part where, so I've got a little boy who's two and a half and it's actually stunned Hayden and I how, oh, this is quickly getting emotional. um, The the little faith seed that's growing in his heart. And he even calls us on stuff now. If we have forgotten to say grace, he's like, Mum, Dad, pray. Like he'd, if we're a bit caught up in the busyness, he's holding us accountable at two and a half, you know. What's, wh- what, are you gonna, what are you doing? Quick, let's pray. And then there was a phase where he wanted to pray twice during the meal. So he'd like, no, no pray again like no matter who was there he wants to pray again he's now started putting in happy birthday into prayer so he'll say happy birthday dear mommy amen so he it's just this beautiful thing and he's gone through this phase where he's um he now like gets his little guitar he stands and he just looks up and just goes jesus like just this beautiful unabashed faith that is just, it just moves our hearts when we see it. I send Hayden a video and he's, he's like sends back tears, you know, like this is incredible. And there's just this, this open-hearted adoration for God that he has. Like he, I feel in some ways, you know when Jesus' parents lost him in the house of God, like if praise and worship is on, he will just walk in here because he's like, I'm, I've got to be there. That's where I want to be. And I know this is the inception of his faith. This is the conception of his faith. This is the building block that I get the privilege and Hayden gets the privilege of building every single day and he's watching me so closely there was a there was a week a couple a few weeks ago where it was just one of those mornings if you could you know I feel like there's a vortex between about 6 and 8 30 a.m. on a Sunday morning and sometimes I just get lost in the vortex I don't know what happens. There's, you know, like little events and crazy things happen. Any parents witness what I'm saying right now? (laughs) Just, you know, there'll be just like, there'll be messes and there'll be stamps all over faces and there'll be, you know, little things that happen instantly as you're about to go out the door. And Hayden said to me one day, I'm just surprised that you actually came. I thought you might have turned around because I think it was, yeah, there was a Sunday where I actually scratched the car. And that was just one of the incidents that happened. And I said, no, these children are watching my faith right now. Am I going to give up? Or am I going to say, no, I value the house of God and I value this for my family. And this is important. And I don't live by my feelings, even though I was very tempted to that day. So I don't know. Just, I just want to be honest with you about what I'm working on at the moment because I definitely don't stand here as a picture of I've got it all together. But... This has is, been this is my journey. I just want to make a little bit of a comparison here. So I received this orchid in December from my class at school as a little present to say thank you. And, and it had a beautiful flower on it in December. And I've got to be honest, I thought once the flower had fallen off, I was so tempted to put it in the bin. Because my, my track record in making plants flourish was not good. I, I had so much enthusiasm. I was passionate. I used to bring home seeds and Hayden would say, oh, what are you planting this time? Um, and, I'd, and I had my sweet peas flowers out the back and I'd, I'd plant them in the little box and they'd be doing so well and they'd, they'd come up and they'd be flourishing and start to go up a little trellis and they'd be green and at about the three-month point where they were about to flower, something would eat them. Like some little plant-like eater or little like make-it-yellow disease would come and kill them. And I was heartbroken every single time and I was like, I might as well just give up. But a little bit of faith just kept rising up on the inside. I need to go, just maybe I'll have another go. I had another go when we moved to our new home a couple of years ago. And they were kind of sitting outside the window. And Haynes like, oh, how are they going? I said, oh, not good. They're really not good. They're not going well. And um, I remember chatting to a friend. And she said, oh, you know, how are they going? You've, just, you've got to water them. And I said, but I've got all these other people that need watering. I don't have time to water the plants. Like, I don't, this is not a priority. But something at the start, um, the end of last year, my neighbour said to me, I'm chucking out these roses. Um, do you want them? And the thought of these roses just being ripped out and put in the garbage, I was like, oh, that's so sad. We've got a spot for them. We could do it. And my friend who's a gardening roses expert said, that's a bad move, Kylie. It's the wrong season to transport these things. That you can't transplant them. They're going to die. And I said, oh, okay. But do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. And I didn't know about if there's – I know probably um, – you guys who've had roses a long time understand the pain of digging out roses. So I had, like, cuts all down my, my legs and, I, I like, thorn things in my hands. I'm like, this is hard. This is with gloves. It was, they get through. Like and it was rotten. It was, it was actually brutal. And I put them in the ground and, and in the pots. And Hayden's like, oh, good job. We'll see how they go. And he, like, he, he encourages me, even though it, it's been a futile mission. Anyway, so they... Um, so there were three and one died, but the other two, they just were like, this is our home, we're here. Like they've, they just came to life and I sent, I sent messages to my friends in disbelief, like it's worked, they've, they've, there's a flower. Like, you know, just don't give up, Kylie, because you might actually have hope of this thing. And anyway, so what's happened with this plant? Look at the desert, you can't quite see probably, but there's a dead root going up here. is a dead stick. And um, it was tempting to me at that point to say, it's pretty dead. Let's just, you know, get it out. And then all of a sudden, this shoot starts to come out the side. And I was, it's growing. It is growing. And I just want to say, this is like your faith. A lot of you in this place might have been believing for something, a situation for your family or salvation for your loved ones or believing for um, building faith into your family, this is a testimony to the fact that it can flourish in your life. It can flourish in your family. Where you see deadness right now, you are root a green shoot of hope and strength, and believing is going to rise up out of you, where you thought nothing could ever live again. And, you know, there might not be all a big of a cheer squad around you because people might go, well... It's not looking too good. Just look at that. Look at that situation. That kid, they've walked away. But do you know what? There's a seed. You know, Pastor Jeff, I think it was talked about, a seed that was dormant for so long, but it still grew. And there is hope. There is hope that those seeds that you have planted are going to grow. So I just want to talk to you about, sometimes we get scared of people who aren't in our generation. And like if you're an older person in our church, or if you're a younger person, you can look at the older people and say, I, don't, I feel a bit scared or intimidated by them because I don't know what they're about and, like, they're different to me. And as, a, as um, a person who's in the iPhone generation, we think the best place for us to go for help and advice is Google. We think how to be a better parent. <laughs> this is me sometimes, honestly, at 9.30 at night, how to discipline my two-year-old. What am I... Like, how am I doing this? Am I doing okay? You know, the best people for us to go to in our church are the people who've done this. To go and, you know, go and, go and have a chat with some people in the cafe who are older than you or who are younger than you. And do you know how amazing it is? Like, I've been so blessed by people in our church who've come up to me and said, I remember um, Lucy Faulkner used to come up to me and she would say to me, she'd say, Kylie, it's worth it. You keep bringing those children to church. You keep sowing seeds of faith into them and they're going to grow up loving Jesus. And, you know, sometimes it was all I could do to get my feet in the front door and I believe in this thing, but, oh, man, life is like gets it out of me sometimes. And I was like, thank you so much for taking the time to encourage me, for, for saying... You know what, I did it, it was tough, but God has blessed my family because of it. And so I'm at that point where I need you and we, like young families, need all of the wiser, older people in our church who just bring so much richness and experience into our lives. But I've got to say, sometimes it's not pretty. So, I had my dear, dear friend Leslie Bain come and stay with me while I broke my foot. It's been a fun year, and um, she she came and stayed with us for three year, three years. So no, three weeks, and she um, she said, um, Kylie, I just want to challenge you about your God consciousness with your children. I was like, ooh, okay. You know, it was tough. It was tough to hear. She said you need to get Savannah to do more. Uh, what are you bringing into their daily consciousness of Jesus? And I was like, "Oh, okay. Okay, this is, I need to hear this. But it was like, you know, just when you're just kind of, this is hard medicine to take. I'm not saying to go around and say, you know, <laughs> be good, go crazy with, you know, telling people off about what they're not sowing to their kids. But just open yourself up, like, to the love of, people to speak into your life as a parent if you're a parent in this place. And not just not just that. Faithful your church family. You know, I just I just am so amazed standing up here looking at these these amazing people that just said, Yes, we want to care for our church. Thirty two of them. That's amazing. You know, there are so many needs in our church. We don't have to be isolated. Our faith gets built when we are together. In Proverbs 18, 1, it says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. Some people live alone because friends and families have abandoned them. And you know what? In this place, some of our families have abandoned us. They're not with us. They're far away. But this is a place of richness. If we lean into this family and actually, you know, sometimes it's not comfortable because you're a person that wants to keep everything to yourself or go home quickly. But, you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, I'm going to invest in these relationships, in this place. Because I, I tell you, my parents are far away. I haven't seen my mum for a really long time. But I've got spiritual mums in this church who just, who just check on me and say, are you Okay. Or they bake like baked cookies for me or just... And it's just that little gesture of strength. You can, you can strengthen someone's life and be strengthened in this place. So don't be isolated. Let yourself come around the amazing people that we have here. Faith for your extended family. Isn't that fun? Your whole family outside of, you know, it just... If you're whatever, wherever they are, you know... Showing your faith to them, it can be quite a challenging thought to have. But you don't have to be weird about it. You don't have to, you know, have lots of scripture verses about them and about all of the things. And sometimes it's about you just planting a little seed but believing that God's going to water it. So I love one of my favourite verses in, um, is in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So sometimes it's just a little seed of kindness that you sow that is going to bring faith to that, to that heart. You just don't know what God is going to do. And his plans for the faith in their life are much bigger than yours. He's got a plan to bring faith and to build faith into their hearts. He doesn't, it doesn't all rest on you. So you can relax, relax in that to go, it's not all your responsibility because God will bring the increase and God will grow it. So, so good. The last thing I just want to speak about is faith blockers and this is something that I've worked on the last last few weeks myself and um, I was standing at my kitchen sink a couple of weeks ago and I was a little bit overwhelmed by everything that was going on and how busy things were and how much I was trying to juggle and I just couldn't quite see faith in it all. I was struggling and I said pretty much out loud, speak to me, Holy Spirit, right at that time. I'm, I need you to speak to me. And it, was, it wasn't a soft, it's all going to be okay, Kylie. It was break off your critical spirit right now. And I went, oh, ouch. Like, and it just hit me straight away because if we're critical in our minds and in our hearts, faith disappears. It, just, it shrivels up. It just goes back and, and is not at the forefront of our minds. And I just stood there and i said oh, i 'm so sorry, God, because instead of looking with strength and with hope and with eyes of the believing the best and and knowing that my family was um, going in the right direction and everything was okay, I was critical. I was like, Oh, this is hard, and that 's hard and i don't have enough time and 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 instead, I just felt God starting to change my thinking and my heart so and sometimes um God's discipline can come to you a bit like that. It's not, it's not that he doesn't love you. It's just that he wants you to grow. And so a favourite scripture that just came to mind at that moment was, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. So I just said, God, renew that right spirit in me right now so that my faith can rise again. And you know what? Like I can't say I've been incredible ever since, but I can see the, the lenses starting to come off my eyes and, and the faith of God is starting to rise in me again, and uh, it's, it's awesome it's like the sun shines again when you take off critical spirit and it's not that everything's changed around you, but your eyes to see the best have been released so that's, I just want to encourage you to do that that might not be all of you, but it could speak to someone today. Um, the lens of disappointment it just it's when you look at stuff through other eyes of, I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying that's just. Cast it aside, there's hurt that God needs to actually heal and to bring strength and hope and bind up your broken heart. But there, are, there is a point where we need to just take off a lens of disappointment, which we look, we look, at, look at things through. Because hope does not disappoint us. Because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we've just got to say that to ourselves and say, God, pour out your love in my heart and break off disappointment. Build your hope in me. And you know what? That's when God actually really responds to that. To that. The third one is missing faith's friends. So in order to build great faith, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And now these three remain. I've skipped a few verses. Faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. So... We need the hope and the love of God to go together with the faith. We don't just need faith on its own because faith is strong, faith is powerful, but it's so strengthened by the love and by the hope that God places in our hearts. And sometimes it's like going, I need faith, I need faith, I need faith, I need faith. But no, you need the ingredients that all mesh together to make it strong and make it powerful. This, The last one is, is when your faith is shipwrecked. If you've had, like, I actually remember losing a friend um, a number of years ago and she um, passed, she was 30-something and had three children and it was tragic, absolutely tragic. And we'd been believing for a miracle at that point and um, there was a lot of young adults in my church at the time that were just so broken by this and the, the loss of our friend. And this incredible man, one of our leaders, he said, don 't let your faith be shipwrecked don 't let it don 't leave it back there again with the promise that you didn 't receive. Put it your hope and your faith into God because we can 't understand we can 't understand the mysteries and what happens, but we just we keep our hearts centered on him i 'm not talking about an emotional feeling because we did not feel like that. We felt like giving up at that point, but he 's like no don't don 't fall into the water don 't be left behind. Get your feet back on the rock. Lift yourself up. Look to Jesus. And here is Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So my prayer for you this morning is that look, at, look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. He will perfect it. He will make it perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. We can't even fathom what he has in store for us. And I'd love to hand over to our amazing Pastor Ronda. Wow.
0: That was very inspirational, was it not? Um, And I'd like to share with you some uh, hopefully very practical things about faith for our families I believe, like never before in our lifetime, we need to exercise faith for our families. Because sadly, the Judeo-Christian-based morality and normality that once undergirded our society is no longer the prevailing culture in our nation or most of the Western countries. Because of this, we need to be extra proactive in building a strong God culture for our families and not just our children or grandchildren, if we've had the privilege of being parents, but for our siblings, our parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces, anyone that we're related to, anyone we love and have a close relationship with. I used to wonder when I was young what, how this nebulous thing called faith could actually bring about change in our lives. I had the idea that faith was just some kind of mental assent to a belief. And I failed to see how it could bring out any alteration, any change in the physical material world or even in my or anyone else's behaviour. But I've come to learn that faith is not just mental ascension, nor is it just a comforting assurance, though faith will produce that. But faith is a spiritual power. It is a potent force in the spirit realm which is actually more powerful than anything we experience in the natural realm. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is a substance, a building block, if you like. Though invisible and intangible to our natural senses, faith allows us to create things. I like to think of it as like spiritual Lego. So let's look at how do I actually get this faith to work in my life and my family? I believe faith that works is tied to, firstly, what I believe, secondly, what I say. We read in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, the account of where Jesus verbally curses a fig tree with the result that within 24 hours the tree was dead. The disciples were amazed at this, and Jesus took this opportunity to give them a lesson about the relationship between faith, that is, what we believe, and what comes out of our mouth. From verse 22, we read that Jesus said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he said will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus says the words that we speak including about our families are vitally important. Proverbs 18:21 warns us that death and life are in the power of the tongue and that we will bear the consequences of our words. Jesus goes on to say in verse 25 of Mark 11 and whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Forgiveness is a whole other message, but suffice it to say that if we want our prayers to be heard and answered, we must be willing to walk in forgiveness. And I'm sure most of us know that sometimes family life is the hardest place to walk in forgiveness. So God wants our words, sorry, God wants... Pardon me. So God's word in our heart and our words need to line up. Excuse the grammar, but our praying needs to agree with our saying. And here's a little tip If God's word is not yet truth to your heart, keep declaring it until it is. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The more you hear the word of God spoken from your own mouth, the sooner your heart will move to a position of faith. So what should I be saying about my family? It's important that, what we, de- that we declare God's will and not our own. I once heard a preacher misquote and therefore misuse the scripture we find in Proverbs two six. He said train up a child in the way you want them to go, and when he he is old, he will not depart from it. But that, of course, is not what the scripture says, but rather, train up a child in the way he should go. How many of us have come to realise that God's way and our way aren't always the same? What we think is best for our child or our loved one is not always in line with what God has for them. The Amplified Translation of this verse revolutioned my understanding of what God is saying here at a time when other voices were criticising the way we were managing our family. At the time, the Amplified Translation read, train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his own individual gift or bent. I'm sure every parent knows here that every child is different. Every child has a different bent. Interesting way of saying it. But uh, the uh, editors of the Amplified Bible have now revised this to say, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. That's a very different concept to trying to make our children do what we want them to do. We can safely pray in faith for our families anything that is clearly expressed in the word of God. That our loved ones will be saved, healed, filled with God's spirit, overcomers in the challenges of lives, free from the powers of darkness, etc. If, however, there's nothing specific to a particular situation, such as a particular course of study or employment, Choice of life partner or that sort of situation, what then? We've already determined that is not our will, that it is to be prayed. That is manipulative and can border on witchcraft. The key to this situation is found in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, as recorded in Matthew 6 and verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This should be our go-to scripture in situations which lie outside a specific command of the written word of God. We can all think we hear from God, but we can all be wrong. So we shouldn't be playing with people's lives by praying what we think God wants. So his kingdom come, his will be done. Where we are concerned about situations in our loved ones' lives, we can also pray according to the principles of 2 Corinthians 10, commencing at verse 3. It is true that we live in the world, but we do not fight from worldly motives. The weapons we use in our fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds. We destroy false arguments. We pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. The King James Version uses the phrases casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is it that stops your loved one seeing their need of Jesus as their Saviour? or failing to acknowledge his lordship over their life choices. Perhaps it's pride, fear of failure, insecurity. Like uh, Kylie said, maybe it's disappointment, disillusionment, or just plain stubbornness. God says we can pull down those strongholds of thought and declare that our loved ones' thoughts will line up with God's will for their lives. I often suggest that people write down a list of the traits and behaviours that are of concern in their loved one's lives and then write the opposite trait, which lines up with the word of God, beside it and then regularly declare that about them rather than rehearsing the problematic traits. What we say about people, we reinforce. If we keep saying, my spouse, my child, my loved one, Is this, that and the other? We can only expect more of the same. As I said before, our praying has to line up with our saying. And our saying has to line up with our doing. Some people say the right things but do the wrong things and our families will be the first to see these inconsistencies. Other people do the right thing but say the wrong thing. For example... Some parents do religiously bring their families to church, but then they go home and have roast pasta for lunch with a side of mashed worship band and some mushy ushers. <laughs> and then they wonder why their kids don't grow up with a respect for the house of God or a desire to serve it. Just saying. <laughs> Let's make sure we send a consistent message to our families that they will grow up to honour the house of worship and the other members of God's family. Next, we need to teach our children to love the word of God and to learn to pray for themselves and believe God for themselves. We always read the children a Bible story before bed and prayed and or sang a worship song with them. Once they were old enough, we encouraged them to read their own Bibles and to say their own prayers. Then every day for quite a number of years, on the way to school, we also put on the armour of God. If we look at Ephesians 6, commencing at verse 10, it exhorts us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So then our daily ritual on the drive to school involved reciting a paraphrase of verses 14 to 17. It went something like this. Thank you, Jesus. We have our loins, our innermost parts, girt about with truth. Your word is truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness that covers our heart. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We take up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. We put on our heads the helmet of salvation to cover our minds. We take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I think probably if you ask them, my children could still rehearse that even after many years. I'm sure if your children are a little young to understand all that, you might be able to find them a modern paraphrase that they will understand. So that like every other area of life, we need to train our children in a way that will eventually cause them to become self-sufficient in their faith. If it's not happened in your family... And all is not lost. This sorry, (laughs) all is not lost, but we can have one more ingredient to our faith, and that is patience. (laughs) Hebrews six twelve encourages us not to become sluggard, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. My dad prayed every day for 14 years for his best friend to come to know Jesus. And I know several of you here who've prayed for decades um, and finally seen prayers for your family members answered. So take heart today. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. Before I invite Kylie back, I'd just like to pray now for all of our families. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your amazing love and your amazing grace and your amazing patience with us. And, Lord, we lift up every family member that's on people's hearts today and we pray, Lord Jesus, that even right now, that your Holy Spirit will be reaching out Touching those ones, softening their hearts where needs be, tearing down imaginations, strongholds, addictions, habits. And Lord, we pray for each one of us that you'll give us a great measure of your wisdom as we deal with our families and seek to see faith rise in their hearts as you've given us in ours. Amen. Thank you, Kylie.
1: Wow, that's so cool! I just I look at Pastor Jeffrey Ronda's children and I think, wow, that's they—they they are all loving and serving God today, and that's amazing. All those things they did, like I see the fruit of that, and wow, they're standing here today. And how amazing we get to have leaders like that to speak into our lives. Just as we uh, get ready to close today to go to the next part of our morning, I just was reminded of in Ezekiel thirty-seven. It says that there was, I'll just read this part to you. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in a valley. It was full of bones. And I wanted to get a picture to show you maybe of the valley of the bones, but they were a bit... Too full on to look at. I thought, no, we'll just leave that because it's even to think about it, it's a, it's a confronting thought. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, only you only know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you. I will come and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as it was commanded, as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. If you're standing in a place today where you don't have hope and your family, as, as we've talked about this morning, or things in your life are at a pace where there's, there's not much hope and you haven't yet started a journey with Jesus, today I want to invite you to bring that hope and the breath of God into your life. He can speak where there is death and bring life. He can bring hope where there is destruction, where it looks utterly desolate, utterly desperate. The hope of Jesus Christ can fill your life. I've seen it happen in so many hearts. And I just want to give you an invitation today to pray with you. If you'd like to start that journey where God can bring life to the things in your life that you've given up on. I just want to pray with you. If you'd like to bow your heads with me, a lot of people in our church have started, well, lots and lots, most of us, have started a journey with Jesus. I just want to invite you today, if you'd like to do that, if you'd like to pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I need hope. And today I put my hope in you. Show me your ways. Let your love fill my heart. I put my hand in yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I'd love you to help get yourself connected to finding out some more about Jesus and about having a journey with Him. If you'd like to send yes, a text a yes on your phone to 0488, it's just up on the screen right now, 826392, then you, you'll just get, it's not, you're not signing up for anything, but that you'll get a message to just say, we're so glad that you made that decision today. And some scriptures, some word, some pow- powerful Bible verses you can opt out at any time. But that will just put seeds of faith in your heart. Because in the morning when you wake up tomorrow, you might think, what happened yesterday? What, what even was that? But we're going to be encouraging you and just say, there's a verse just to plant faith and to help it grow as a seed in your heart. So we'd love if you'd like to do that. Or if you're not with us today and you're watching the podcast, you can always register at yes.metrochurch.org.au and... Also, you'll get some information to help you along your journey. It's been so amazing to be with you this morning. And I'd love to hand back over to Pastor Jeff.
2: Fantastic. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Kylie. That was great. And uh, I love when I hear people that have got faith in an area because it always transfers to you in some way or other, doesn't it? And I know lots of you are going to go out of here and you're going to go, I'm going to start praying again for that son that daughter that grandchild that brother that sister that parent and uh, start believing again for them that God is going to speak into their life Uh, and I know there's lots of stories of that here of God at work in a great way so thank you so much for that thank you uh, and if, by the way, you've yes-texted that 0488826392, you can call into the Connect Hub as well if you like. There'll be someone there who'd love to give you a Bible if you don't have one. We want to make sure we're helping you. It's, I think, now 290, I think, people so far have texted yes. What an amazing, amazing little seed of an idea that turned into in helping people go on a journey to walk with Christ. And so uh, congratulations to you if you've done that this morning, if you've taken that step. God bless you.